Good morning. This is Mary Christopher, and this is our Sunday morning meditation podcast. And it's been a busy week here. I'm wondering what your week was like, if you had a good week, as in getting stuff done (laughs) and having a good time and, of course, being healthy. So it's absolutely gorgeous here in the middle of Georgia, a little bit north of Atlanta. So last week, the Braves won the World Series, which they hadn't won since 1995. So that's 26 years. So there was a big celebration downtown. Um... The temperature went down to 39 this morning, but there's not a lot of moisture in the air, so it doesn't feel as cold, and now it's up to about 56, 57, and not a cloud in the sky, just completely sunshiny. So if, (laughs) if you're somewhere and it's cloudy and gloomy or rainy or cold or whatever, just imagine you're right here with me, standing in the sunshine, nice cup of coffee, fresh cup of coffee, and um, a book I want to read a little bit out of, and just hoping that, (laughs) that you're able to sleep well at night and There's a lot of change going on, a lot, in the world, in politics, in ecology, just a lot of change that I don't think I could ever have anticipated that level of change going on around the world all at the same time. So some of it is connected to um, our problem with tillable or arable land. Um, Over the centuries, we have dug up or plowed up and cut down so many forests, You know, obviously, here in the U.S., we plowed up the prairies and created the Dust Bowl. And around the world, um, where usually, and I didn't realize this, but usually wherever you find there was a great civilization, then you find that they um, used up all their tillable land or the land they could grow food on and if you can't grow food and you can't grow hay or um, other grains that you would feed to cattle and sheep and chickens and like that then you lose a very valuable source of protein including milk from cows and goats so We watched this, I guess it's a documentary, watched this great um, show Friday night 
It was called Kiss the Ground. I think it was Kiss the Ground or Kiss the Soil. Anyway, um, it's one or the other. It was on Netflix. Woody Harrelson uh, was the narrator. And they were talking the entire time about the damage we've done to our farmland by the way that we till it and prepare it for seed and the way that we uh, also plant monocrops. So there's no, in other words, there's no biodiversity in the, the, what we've planted and plants do much better much, much better when there's some kind of biodiversity and it has to do with the amount of nutrients that are in the soil and that are actually trapped in the soil and that are available to the plants. And when you have variety, you have greater opportunity for also a diversity of things to turn into mold, right? But also a a greater diversity of nutrients for the uh, little critters like the fungi who live down in the the ground. And there's, it was just amazing because it was, for me, it filled in some missing pieces in terms of the chemistry and the <laughs> little universe that exists um, in the ground. So the point of that particular program was that if we would could, could or would, stop tilling the soil the way we've been doing for several centuries and be very careful about how we plant and uh, rotate animals off and on in a you know regular manner and develop biodiversity if we do that we could they call it sequester carbon from the from the atmosphere back into the soil which is where it belongs and where it escaped from because of the way we till the soil so as some of you know I grew up we farmed we lived in town but we farmed and my family had a farm supply store um so I grew up with all the seasonal things that we did, which is includes planting wheat, harvesting wheat, planting oats, harvesting oats for feed, and then also for hay. When do you plant alfalfa? Um, those were the three main crops that we had, but we also raised horses and cattle. So that's kind of like the great American West, which it was. And I grew up around a lot of farmers and ranchers and uh, who had <laughs> who had wives who could cook up a ton of food. Because when I was growing up, uh, 
you had to be able to cook for combine crews and just any kind of crew that that um, happened to be on the farm. You had to keep people fed. So I grew up with that and watching this particular documentary, it was just filling in missing pieces for me. For instance, um, my dad, my dad's alfalfa field was protected by a row of trees that had been planted during the Dust Bowl. And the point of the trees was to slow down the wind so that you wouldn't get as much dirt just blowing away to wherever. Um, because with the winds that you get in a lot of places, the dirt doesn't just blow over to the next field. It, you know, it can become a great plume of very fine, tiny particles that just blow away. So anyway, with, with our alfalfa field, they were always very careful to plow it so that the wind would be coming across the furrows rather than up or down the furrows. So that was an attempt to slow down that the dirt. And in order to grow alfalfa, you have to have very fine dirt. So it's even more in danger of blowing away to the next state. Um, so I'm, I was just um, really amazed because, you know, we're, we're having all these sociological battles about um, the carbon in the air and the pollution and what it's doing to our environment, mainly because of fossil fuels. And apparently, if enough people switched to non-tillable or rotating, uh, rotating grazing or uh, greater biodiversity, then in one study showed that we could balance out the fossil fuels by 2050, which is phenomenal because we can't, I mean, I think people are sincere about um, fossil fuels and getting off such dependency, but it's not easy with with cultures, our cultures. We're we're way too dependent. So I was really excited about about this, so as you can tell. So the point of this is that If we want to understand the Creator, then we study creation. And that's a very, very old saying, um, centuries old, from different mistakes, different spiritual teachers. If you want to understand the Creator, pay attention to creation. And that's was kind of the underlying theme of this documentary was that people had started paying close attention 
to the soil to figure out what's going on down there. So, the more we pay attention to creation, I think, and, and live by those principles, okay, not just do documentaries and write about it, although, thank goodness, we have mass media and social networks. Um, if we do something, then we could really turn this around. And that would give us a little more time to make adjustments, which are already happening. I mean, it's, you know, there are more and more electric cars or hybrid cars on the road. Um, so it could buy us time and, and get us going on a path that would not, would not only preserve the tillable land that we have, but it would also bring back land that's just been turned into a desert, which has, in fact, helped create refugees. Because if, you, if you're a, a subsistence kind of farmer somewhere and you can't grow anything, you become a refugee. So, okay. Good. Thank you. For listening to that and I hope that um, it made me feel very hopeful actually um, and I'm going to be posting uh, more things on my Facebook page which is Mary Christopher uh, about, about this, about regenerative agriculture, so there we go okay, uh oh somebody just started their chainsaw let's hope they don't stay on it for very long okay so this week in class we worked on we continue to work on synchronicity and gratitude and sometimes what we've noticed is that um, the synchronicity things can be very subtle or they can be seem so unimportant at the time, but they're things that really make our lives better or easier. So my example would be a couple of weeks ago, there was a piece of paper that I needed and I hadn't been able to find it because I'm due to the move, I'm not completely up to date on my filing. Um, and then later in the day, I was looking for another piece of paper. And I ran across, I put my fingers right on the one I'd been looking for earlier that day. And then I also found the one I needed right then. So that was, I thought that was pretty good. And there are just little things like that that happen where we get... A nudge, like an inner nudge, or some people would say the movement of the spirit, okay? Or uh, some people would say, I had a gut feeling, or some people uh, actually hear things, like, I don't know, um, look over there, or what's this, or, you know, to help us focus our attention. So this is one of the great functions 
of intuition. It is an indicator. It's like a, a pointing finger or a, a street sign, road, road post, okay, telling us where to put our attention. And if we ap apply that, if, like if we put our attention where our intuition is indicating, then oftentimes it's related to something that we need, something that we want, or something important that's coming up. Okay? So, um, for instance, I'm always very careful about where I put my uh, second set of car keys because I leave them at the house and I have a, a drawer and my family knows where where that is. I mean, they do now. And I had a little bit of car trouble and had to call in the troops <laughs> to, to get some help and I could remember exactly where I put those and um, I could tell my son exactly where to find those keys, which is a good thing. So my, my point is I was able to find them. They didn't get lost in the mix, even with all the moving and stuff, um, because I very carefully used my attention. I kept my attention focused on where I was putting those particular keys and it, it stuck with me. So that is an example, like when, when it's easy for us to remember things, it's usually related to the how relevant the, the thing is or and or we have really used our attention. We've been very focused. So this is one thing that we can do with gratitude. When we express appreciation for anything, I, I don't care how small it is, then what we're doing is we're telling our whole sensory network and the universe, right, what we appreciate, what what we resonate with, what has meaning for us. And so our um, I have I have one little system in my neurons that sort of feels like and looks a little bit like and sounds like radar. And I don't actually hear a ping, but it kind of feels like that. Like if somebody's on my mind, like somebody comes up and they're on my mind. Um, and I get the feeling, that, you know, intuitive feeling to give them a call, then what I usually tell them is, you know, you were pinging on my radar, so I'm calling to see how you are. So I have that little system that works really well. And I'm very appreciative. I, you know, I don't always say thank you, intuition, <laughs> for letting me know, but... But I am deeply grateful when I call the person and they were like, oh, I just needed to talk to you or, you know, something like that. So part of what, the way I would describe it is that when we're grateful 
heartfully grateful and appreciative, then we are anchoring that kind of experience into our whole system. And I think it's not just our neurons, but also our heartfulness and our sensitivity to things. And there's, I'm still looking at that. I'm, that's one of the things that I've been looking at in meditation is how gratitude works. What, what does it do? Um, so I just, I'm, it's fascinating to me, so I'm, I'm just going to keep working on it. And today I am so grateful for the sunshine. It just feels wonderful. So we should do our meditation and sit in... I'll be sitting in the sunshine. It has moved, so I have to move my chair. And we can... The, the meditation that's been a big hit in the last few weeks in class has been the heartwarming meditation that we do. So I thought we could do that and just kind of uh, put that, align that with our gratitude for the fact that we're all still breathing and our hearts are beating and uh, maybe not perfectly, but if if you can hear the sound of my voice, you're still here. Thank goodness. Okay. So uh, stretch if you need to. And be comfortable. Oh, I've been on the computer this morning, so I definitely needed to stretch. Too, too long sitting in one position or standing in one position. It's not very helpful to our bodies. Not to mention it gets boring after a while. Okay, so. When you're ready, take a nice, gentle, deep breath. Following that breath down into your solar plexus. And as you breathe out, very gently, following your breath, all the way out to the space around you. Let yourself relax. As you breathe in, following your breath, down into your solar plexus, maybe letting your tummy expand a little bit. Be aware of how centered you are. And as you breathe out, Following your breath. Let yourself relax just a little bit more. 
When you're feeling centered and relaxed and you're at ease with your breath, then bring your awareness to your heart. You may want to put either hand over your heart or both. And as you breathe in and out, be aware of the rhythm and the warmth of your heart and let that warmth, let that rhythm move throughout your entire body. And let yourself just rest right there in that space about the next five minutes.
Now as you breathe in, following your breath, all the way down into your solar plexus, be aware of how centered you are. And as you breathe out, following your breath, all the way out into the space around you, out through your nose or through your mouth, be aware of how relaxed you are. And when you're ready, as you're breathing out, very gently open your eyes. And if you have time and you want, just keep meditating. We're going to sign off right here, but you can just sit there as long as you're comfortable. Have a wonderful week. I hope everything goes really well. Remember that five minutes of just being quiet with yourself, five minutes, two or three times a day, can have the equivalent benefit of trying to do a long, at like hour-long, 30-minute or hour-long meditation. And remember to breathe. Talk to you next week.